Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we provide strategic planning consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Ganesh, basically we help companies create strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. Basically, uh, unfortunately, most companies only spend about 2% of their time or about 40 40 team hours per year building an effective strategy. And I don't know about you, Ganesh, but that feels kind of crazy. It's just that small amount, don't you agree? Yes, I do. We know it's a lot of of energy is being spent there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so at 40 Strategy, your success is our passion. That's why organizations call on us to help. Not only do we come up with strategy, but we facilitate teams with proven practices. Harvard research shows that when you actually use the right key performance indicators, you can triple your success. And I don't know about you, Ganesh, but I think everybody would want something like that. you agree? I do. I do. Absolutely. So email us today at catch at like catch at 40strategy.com or at 40strategy.com on our website and you can learn more. So before we get to, to introduce our guest today, we like to like to have a um, shout out to Skip Newberry. He's the CEO for Technology Association of Oregon. If it wasn't for him, uh, Ganesh and I would not have met. Uh, it was at actually a dinner that we had met and it was a wonderful conversation. And through that, we uh, that was when back in 2018, when you actually got some of your first investment from uh, K1 for RFPIO. Um, and with that, we'll start the introduction for Ganesh uh, Shankar. Um, Ganesh is the chief executive officer and one of the founders of RFPIO, the industry's leading software for response management. Using cloud-based automation technology, RFPIO fills a critical and often missing part of the sales process and helps organizations increase their sales win rates across the board. Ganesh has a very strong background in product management and today leverages that experience to the, to the excellence for his employees and customers of RFPIO. He is recognized from Ernst Young as Entrepreneur of the Year in 2020. He was voted top CEOs to work for in Portland, top CEOs for women, and top CEOs for diversity by, com, uh, by comparably and included in the Portland Business Journal's 40 Under 40 and with that, Ganesh, uh, welcome to the Measure Success Podcast. Thanks, Carl. Honor to be here and uh, appreciate you, you uh, inviting me for this podcast. I've, I've listened to this, pretty insightful. Um, looking forward to it. Thank you. And, and so why don't, we, why don't you start out telling us a little bit more about RFPIO and for, for people who haven't been, uh, haven't been to your website? Yeah. So RFPIO is um, a SaaS-based product that helps companies needs to um, respond to RFP security question, any sort of responses that they have to fill out during the pre and post sales process. That's where we come into play. Our customers use our platform to seamlessly collaborate with internal stakeholders to complete those questionnaires and then complete it. Once that is completed, they can send it to the the prospective customer of theirs. So uh, we basically help them to centralize those responses that they typically use in those RFPs, RFIs, RFACs. You, you have various different kinds of questionnaires that has been used during the sales process. That's where we come into play. 
And I'm curious, when, when organizations end up using your tools, what type of benefits do they experience and get? Does it, does it end up, is it quicker for the process for them typically to do the sales cycle? Do they save money in the process? Do they get higher win rates? What do you, what do you typically see? Uh, oh, first, you know, thing is improving efficiency. When I say improving efficiency, you know, when a person or when a company receives an RFP, the RFPs are, tend to be received by the, the sales reps. Uh, or the frontline force of the company who receives the RFP, it may be in a document. When an RFP has been received, it's no longer a document. It becomes essentially a project. You know, you uh, you have to plan for people who are going to be part of the responding team, you know, not one person. You know, because RFPs need a village to complete. You know, it's not one person's job. You know, uh, he or she cannot complete one person as such. It needs a village to complete it. So when they receive an RFP, they can upload it into RFPIO. What RFPIO does is basically it, it designates into smaller pieces. It's more, it, you know, it can dissect into a uh, um, smaller uh, section, and those sections can be easily assigned to the quote-unquote what we call the subject matter experts. You know, salespeople can take on the, the pricing and about the company, but anything beyond that, when they need um, you know, subject matter expertise, responses like you know, from finance team, from operations team, from product team, from engineering team, they can route those questions to those uh, different teams using RFPIO platform. You know, the benefit of benefit for the subject matter experts is when they receive such questionnaires to respond, they don't need to break their head because they just completed that last year. RFPIO automate that process by automatically filling those responses, what we call it as a recommendation engine. We use artificial intelligence to bring on those recommended answer based on how you have responded to questions historically. So mm -hmm. the subject matter expert, they don't need to break their head a lot. They just need to fill out those kind of system fills that they can become a reviewer of the content. And then they complete it and they can say, yes, I'm done. The sales rep gets an alert saying, okay, the subject matter expert is done. Second subject matter expert is done, so they can get a consolidated view, and then they will now know exactly how much portion of the RFP has been completed. Otherwise, it becomes a manual process. You know that's where we come into play. You know that becomes a manual process. You have to track. Because of that, you asked me about what is the immediate gain. Because of this efficiency, what we have seen working with thousands of customers is today they are responding to more RFPs that they were not able to do it before because they had to spend a lot of energy and time. Because of responding to more RFPs, they are bringing in more revenue to their employer, which is their company. You know, that is where we are part of revenue generating, revenue generation process. You know, RFPIO helps our customers to bring in more business and revenue. So this is the true measure of success of not only are you helping them decrease the effort that it takes to, because I've been on that incoming side of getting RFPOs as well as giving them out. And it's a challenge, you know, and, and obviously, especially the bigger they are, right? You can get these 40, 50 page RFPs, especially if they're more larger companies or governmental agencies. Yep. And, and it's a significant challenge. And then beyond that, um, like you said, often it's just kind of esoteric. It's, it's filed away in another Word doc or a PDF. And then there's this cut and paste maybe that happens, but maybe not depending on people hanging around. And then of course, then you have that challenge of whether you win it or not. And, and um, but what you say is because you speed up the process, which is a big challenge, um, then you could actually 
output more of them, especially in the day. Of course, it's a little bit different for salespeople today, but when salespeople are traveling, you know, yeah. especially those traveling salespeople and, and going around to stop and actually process an RFP is super difficult. Um, so I, anyways, I love the tool. I love how much success you've been having. Now you've been growing a lot and um, give, give us our audience a little bit of a sense of, you know, you, you just recently had the investment uh, with, with K1. Tell us a little bit about how you've grown since that investment and, and where are you looking like to go in the, in the future? Yeah, just to, uh, we did the uh, Series A back in 2018. It's almost a couple of years, uh, coming up on the third year now. You know, it's been a fantastic uh, partnership with K1 as such. So just to give you a context of where we, uh, as a company, you know, so we, we uh, today, we uh, support over 1,000 customers. You know, that includes almost uh, 15 of Fortune 100 companies, almost 50 plus um, Fortune 1,000 companies. And if you're a, if you're a you know a follower of stock market and if you follow SaaS companies, uh, there is a, an a index called um, Bessemer's uh, EM Cloud SaaS Index in NASDAQ. There are about 51, 52 companies out there. Uh, even in that list, we uh, support close to 50% of those companies are on our platform. So in almost uh, 25 plus companies uh, on SaaS Index. Uh, they use uh, RFPIO today, companies like Salesforce, Shopify, Zoom, um, uh, even uh, you know other traditional companies like uh, United Health, uh, Signal, and you know US Bank. Um, you know those those are companies that we we um, um, implemented our software. It's not a department; it's a pretty you know um, organizational level enterprise wide rollouts. So we, as a company users, uh, we are about look. Uh, we're approaching almost two hundred thousand users now. Uh, because, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, customer-wise, I was talking to my team pretty much in the in the entire uh, uh, world map. Uh, you can put your finger, uh, except in Antarctica, we have uh, uh, users coming from that and, and that continent. Um, so we have uh, that widespread uh, usage across the globe. And uh, from a team perspective, uh, we are about um, 200 and. 10 plus employees uh, across the, um, across India and the US. Uh, the context of growth, uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll give you some context. Uh, in 2020, just prior to this pandemic situation, our entire workforce was about uh, uh, 101, 102 uh, by January of 2020. They, uh, where we exited 2020, which is in December, we had about 185 plus employees. So all three years, uh, you know, we've been in business for about almost coming up on the fifth year. Um, so all three plus years, we had about 100 employees, and we almost doubled the business in last one year. Um, just to give you some context. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's extraordinary. And and uh, first of all, gonna congratulations. I mean that that's a, a huge accomplishment. I. I and I, I know you, well, honestly, you've received a tremendous amount of awards from people, but um, I like to congratulate people because in this past year, 2020, as we continue through 2021, there have been a lot of people who've done a great job and, and have been wildly successful. And, um, but we, I, I feel like everyone's felt like we've had to be quiet, right? You know, because we don't want to, it, it's been a challenging year for so many different ways. So what's interesting about this is, I think you, you told me beforehand, you, you've almost been shut down your office for a full year. So one of the things you talked about beforehand is one of the things that is a real co focus for you is culture. 
and, and trying to keep your culture intact as you, as you cross that infamous 200 person company, because that's like the, the, usually the line, right? Where culture starts falling apart from, from a size of employee perspective. What are you doing to help keep culture in track? I mean, what, well, first of all, why is it important? Let me put that first. And then secondly, what, what type of aspects are you doing to help keep culture really strong at RPIO? Yeah, so um, just to a little bit of a context, right? You know, um, uh, the co-founding team who founded RPIO, none of us are serial entrepreneurs. This is our first time <laughs> rodeo. About five years before, we were on the other side. We, we, are, we were employees, right? You know, we had certain expectation. We had certain way of doing things. Now that we are on this side, you know, which makes us employ, but it doesn't make us superhuman or it doesn't make any special characteristics, right? You know, so anything that we do in the company or today, we've taken a project of what as an employee, what I, what I was expecting. Now, did my manager keep me updated? What's going on? Did they do a proper, you know, um, uh, feedback? Did they, did they give me enough, enough opportunity to do certain things? Did they give me enough liberty to do certain things? Are they micromanaging? All those things as an employee, what is expected? It's only fair for me today that my employees would expect the same thing from the company today. So every decision that we do, you know, it's kind of uh, um, uh, in that lane. Again, I, I'm not saying we are perfect in every sense, but we try to make it perfect in a way we can. And we try to be first fair and equitable, you know, whatever we do, you know, that is very important um, as a company, uh, fair and being an equitable. That is so much important. So uh, you talk about culture, you know, we, um, you know, back in 2019 or so, almost uh, by the end of third year as a company, uh, we were looking at what is, what are some special characteristics that came out of this company, right? You know, what is, um, so it was not like, no, we came up with five core values um, that became like a, like a DNA for the company. Those core values are not, you know, I jokingly say this, you know, we it is not like okay, the executive bunch of ex- executives get into a room, took their sticky pad, wrote some idea, and became a poster idea. That's not the case. You know, this is truly speaking, you know, by end of 2019, we look back, what are the things that company really valued? What things people were able to connect, you know, when we were all in the office, what are the things that really connected the people? So we came up with five values and offer. You know, if you look at even our company name, it's an abbreviation. RFPIO stands for Request for Proposal, Input and Output. We are a, a company of abbreviations, so we came up with five abbreviations. Um, you know, what we called as you know, first one is we called as uh, GID, G-I-D. G-I-D stands for Get It Done. You know, that is the attitude that we started off the company. You know, you know, with no much resources, everything we we were resourceful. We want to get it done as much as possible. And today we have the same mentality, you know, no matter what, how big we get it. The second one is very you know, interesting, what we call as an S4. S4 stands for see something, say something. You know, you know, the bottom line there is nobody should assume somebody else will take care. Somebody else will do this thing. Somebody else will do. It's okay to tell, keep the other person involved. Hey, this is what I'm expecting. Hey, even as simple as if you walk into our pantry, if you don't find the right, you know, enough napkins, you can say it. Because you see it, you say it, you know, don't assume the office manager will take care of it. They are as human as you are. You know, let them know. End of the day, the receiving individual can decide whether to do it or not. So that's a different story. But as a RPO citizen, your responsibility is when you say it, say it. That's the that's the goal. The third one we talk about GBT. GBT stands for give back time. 
Now, every technology company today is going to say, okay, we are giving back time and we are going to do the same thing. But our intention is to take it further. How can I give back time back to the employees? How can I give back time to back to investors? How can I give back time to customers? How can I give back time to partners? If I can give back two minutes of time back to my employee in a meeting, they can spend that time with their family. They can spend that time for their professional development. They can spend that time for their own personal thing. That is more important. That makes me highly satisfied. Though I have the, the authority, though I have the fancy title CEO, nobody should be kept captive. Nobody should be, you know, you use, okay, I'm, I'm calling for somebody and just waste somebody's time, right? That's the third one. Fourth one, we call it as, um, you know, BAN. BAN stands for Be Agile and Nimble. Uh, you know, that has been our, you know, some of our customers, this came from actually our customers, you know, some of the big customers like Symantec and Salesforce came to our user conference. They said, we have never worked with a software company like this, you guys. You guys are so quick. When we submit an idea or a feedback, it gets implemented just like that in the next three weeks, four weeks we have seen. Don't lose that mentality. And it became a mantra for us. No matter how big we get, we will be in agile and nimble. That's the thing. And the last but not the least, is what we call DMC. DMC stands for don't mess with customer. <laughs> no matter what it is, the customer could be unhappy, customer could be wrong. We don't have to replicate the same emotion back to the customer. Again, that does not mean that you have to sacrifice your personal ethos. Right? You, know, you don't have to compromise, but stay calm, show them the calmness, and we can deal with it. Don't try to show that right out of the face and don't make the customer unhappy like that because customers have so much of all the things to, to, you know, we should never be a burden for that. That's what we find. These are five values. When any new employee comes on, we try to re-emphasize these culture values every time, everywhere we possible, right? You know, that's one way to do. And we have gone some extra length to emphasize these cultural values uh, to, to do that. So we do this by, you know, recently after going completely remote, um, you know, the, the chances of us, Talking to a to a new employee or hallway talk became pretty much non-existent. They say, right? You know, so uh, uh, our team came up with a brilliant idea. This thing called random coughing. You know what? They, there's a software uh, that randomly picks up two individuals every week and then says, "Hey, you guys are meeting this week." You know, th- there's no no filter criteria. There's no title. There's no level. There is no background. Anybody can meet anybody. Two, there's two. So to what we have last one year, every week we have done this. You know, uh, you know, one person meeting. I met with, you know, um, you know, um, the, my last meeting was, you know, with a, with an employee who just recently joined. And they were very excited because they got an opportunity to talk to the CEO. And again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a big shot, but it is for me. It's an excitement as I'm talking to somebody new, and their excitement is because I did not get a chance to talk to them during the interview process. You know, you know, they. they this was an opportunity, and we make it very clear in that meeting there is no status update, there is no work-related topics, but talk about uh, your background, understand what it is important for you in life, you know, what is my background, what does my family look like, so we can we can talk about that, what does my hobby look like, what does their hobby look like. It's kind of, you know, a great opportunity to, for us to mingle with the, with two individuals and, you know, for a greater cost, the teams can get better, who may not have a normal opportunity to discuss. Those are few things we do and you know every uh, three weeks we do a company-wide meeting and we talk about what's going on every department heads go one by one to give an update a lot of lot of transparency also we have kept it across the board to maintain 
uh, this this uh, cultural element. So I, I need to stop for a minute on on your. So I, I am a kind of a core value fiend um, in terms of getting it done right, and. I'm hoping you'll allow me, we could talk a little bit more later, but I'm writing a book right now. And this is one I call it the um, clearing compass, which is about making sure you have proper values and, and key behaviors and things of that nature. And you did what most organizations miss is you actually created something very creative and unique that's authentic to RFPIO. And, and if you would be, we'll talk about this later, but I'm literally in process of writing a book right now. I'm editing the chapters. And, and you, this example is perfect. And, and by the, and it's not, not, I had nothing to do with it, but, but that you had done this, your company and your team had done something that's so real, so true. And so when it came out, it wasn't a surprise, right? You know, keep your, your company. Um, I remember one time I, I remember getting a little plaque um, of core values from a company is with, I won't name who that company was, but we almost all laughed out loud when we got it, right? Because it wasn't true to who we were in any way, shape, or form. And I also like it that all of your ones are, I've never seen them directly done before. Like, you know, you get the classic integrity or, you know, you know those things. It's not a phrase, it's a statement. What we have done is not a phrase, yes. no, not, a, not, a, not a word. It is just a statement. It was purposely meant it that way. Yeah, I love it. Anyways, I, I think that's fantastic. We're going to go to the personal side here. Um, you are a busy person. I mean, you, you've... Uh, I, I see all the pictures you have behind. I think of some cool things you have going on. Um, you've been received lots of awards and your company has grown from just a few people just, you know, four, four or five years ago to now you have uh, over 200 and, and you're still planning to continue to grow. How do you keep your energy on a personal side going? Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's a tough call, especially for an entrepreneur. It is not an easy, easy thing because, you know, there's always, uh, you know, ups and downs, you know, uh, there is, you know, uh, uh, I've seen this when my wife was uh, pregnant, uh, it's called as, you know, uh, mood swing. Um, it is true for entrepreneurs do get mood swing, you know, it's, it's you know, but uh, how you carry yourself is very important because people are seeing that you, your energy is contagious. You know, as a leader, your energy is contagious. You cannot just swing along your emotion just because you, you find a bad uh, email. You find uh, you know uh, a deal that didn't get closed. You you are have to maintain the, that um, that compose you know uh, very clear because like I said it's contagious. Everybody's going to you know the I've literally seen even when we're small you know it the company's mood will be based on you know the leadership team's mood right you know it is very important. So um, um, to keep myself high you know uh, can I say. To, to be balanced, um, when I come home, I, I know it is, I think that there's a lot, you know, uh, uh, a greater piece of contribution coming from my family, I should say. My <laughs> wife and my kids, you know, you know, I think I'm one of the best, you know, luckiest person in the set to get a wife like this. She, she understood my situation, you know, and then, um, you know, I have two, two young girls uh, who, who make my day, uh, 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 you know, uh, if I can forget anything that I have in my office when, when they show me their drawings or when they show me about the card that they made, and there's a lot of things, but again, it gives me the boost. And, you know, every time when I see their face, it can, it kind of reminds me how we started this company with nothing in the bank. You know, I, like I said, I'm not a serial entrepreneur, you know, this reminds me day one, you know, when my, uh, my you know, elder daughter 
was just uh, three years and my younger daughter was just one year. We were living in an apartment and similarly, my co-founder situation, so, you know, we all had the similar kind of a background, young family, and my wife wasn't working. So it was a nerve-wracking situation when I started on to jump onto this startup journey. Uh, uh, I feel fortunate to be here, uh, where we are at today. But again, our my, my mindset is still day one mindset. You know, whatever the anxiety, whatever this paranoia was there, it's still there. But I'm trying to maintain, a, you know, in a way that take it in a positive way. You know, again, I'm I'm absolutely convinced we have a fantastic team. You know, I have a fantastic uh, uh, leadership team and co-founding team to support me, and a great team to support the customers, and a great market and a great customers. And I think that kind of keeps me every day when I and I see something, you know, um, uh, which kind of uh, uh, um, uh, upsets me. I think about the positive. Ones. I know it doesn't mean that I, I can't. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I, I kind of camouflage every emotion. I do have emotions. I do show it uh, at times, but I try to recognize my emotion play a major role. So I try to be composed as much as I can so that I'm not impacting somebody else's uh, uh, day or work. So uh, one of the so how do you measure measure it? I love your description. I love how you lit up when you were talking about your family and how grateful you are about that. So how do you measure success? Day to day, or on a, you know, on a and a rate period in your personal life. Um, I think success is a moving target. I don't, I don't think the success is something. Uh, oh, if I do this, I'm. I feel like uh, you know, when when uh, back in the day, uh, when I started, I felt like you know, uh, um, it was personal. It was you know, official, and I felt you know, pay, having a first paying customer was a success. Right? You know, that was a success when we, or even before that, first first hire. Uh, because at that time when you start being small, there's no difference between your personal and official. You know, it's all it's all blurry. It's all get mixed up because, you know, um, at that time it was the first employee who, beyond our circle, who joined us because didn't know anything about RPA, didn't know anything about Ganesh, didn't know anything about Sundar Shankar. They trusted because there's the vision. You know, that was a success at that time. And then first customer, first hundred customer was a success. But today, and then at one point of time, I feel like okay, in the middle of the day, if I can go for a run, if I go for a walk without worrying about anything that I felt was good. And I think today I, I can pretty much, you know, I can go off offline for a month or plus, you know, I doesn't need to worry about the business because we have the team to take care of that. I think today that is another, another, another way of me feeling uh, happy about it. I don't need to be there. You know, I don't need to be there and I can be more strategic. I don't need to be on the tactical execution side because we have a fantastic team. Uh, so that is a success today for me. And again, now the next thing is, how can we grow even bigger? And how can I, in the personal side, how can I spend, um, you know, uh, used to be uh, back in the day when, when I was in the product side, you know, a lot of long nights, a lot of late nights. Today, it is minimized. Today, I, was, I think that is because of the team. And I was able to spend, spend that time, time towards my family. You know, that's mm-hmm. a success. You know, if I'm able to spend in the evening, uh, right after I, you know, I shut down my computer, if I go, you know, I... I I will be lying if I'm saying I'm not, when I shut down my computer, I will be lying if I'm, I don't think about this. No, not at all. I think it is every, every cell in myself is thinking about the business all the time. Uh, but still I'm able to, you know, make a pause, which I was not able to do it, you know, back in, back two years, three years before, completely no difference between my personal life and my business life. And now I can clearly see there is a difference because of, Somebody else can take care of it. You know, the team, there is a team to take care of it. And I'm able to, di- you know, divert my energy 
to my personal family side or you know you know get to the bed on time if i need to you know, get early get up early in the morning all those things if I, i'm able to work out they was not able to do it before all those different things i call that as more than success i call that as unhappiness you know mm. you know uh, you know personal happiness that i'm able to cherish every every moment again all because of the team that we have at our care I, I, I love that, how you finished there of, of ultimately the things you've been moving and driving towards is, is, is ultimately personal happiness is driving it. And, 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 um, and it, I love it how you've learned to delegate, which I think is the hardest thing, honestly, for entrepreneurs to do, right? Is to let go and trust their teams to do things. And that doing that has enabled you to grow at a huge level. Well, I, one of my last questions I love to ask um, is in terms of favorite books. And you would share with me earlier, you had a book. If you, you want to show what that book was um, and, and, and just uh, tell the author and, and uh, what it's about. Yeah, I, I recently finished a book and, you know, it's a pretty good uh, B2B. Uh, uh, it's called Play Bigger um, and it is done by, you know, written by Al Ramadan. Um, so this book really talks about how you should think as what they call as category creators, not category king. You know, how you, if you're in a particular segment, how you should, you know, um, thinking about creating a particular, uh, uh, though it is niche, but it is a category. How you have to think big, play bigger, how you have to play, how other companies have done this. So that is, you know, a lot of eye-opening, you know, things that came out of that book, even for us to implement that at RFIO. So, I really like the book, uh, which is why I, I would recommend anybody who's under a B2B SaaS business or B2B software business. I think that'd be a great book for, for, for a good read. A great suggestion. So with that, we've been talking with Ganesh Shinker and uh, for CEO and founder, one of the founders of RFPIO. Uh, where can people learn more about you? Yeah, so it's very simple. It is www.rfpio.com is where our website is. So if you need any information about the product, you know, send an you know, email to info at rfpa.com. So we'll be able to get some information. Perfect. Well, all right, Ganesh, thank you so much. Thank you to listening to the Measure Success podcast and to all our listeners, wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Thank you, Carl. Happy, you know, happy to be here. I'm honored to be here as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.